How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 16. Life will seem impossible. Firmus Piet honestly didn't know why he was doing this. He really didn't. There was work to be done, and as the newly minted admiral of the lady in only five days into his new career, work meant dear force make sure that the whole ship doesn't implode. This was partially made easier by the fact that there was either no one left to undermine his authority because of his origins with the resolve to speak up, or no one left, period. He wasn't quite sure which of those he preferred, but thankfully he didn't need to have a preference, as it wouldn't change reality either way. His endeavor of keeping the lady and her crew in shape was complicated, unfortunately, by the fact that they were short one miracle-working engineer who could soothe the frayed nerves of the crew and officers alike with his mere presence, preferably next to Lord Vader. Even with his little experimental theory that surviving under Lord Vader could be a deceptively simple endeavor, the last few days have been a terror. Lord Vader's massacre of the traitors in the hangar had, quite unfortunately, been caught on camera by several individuals and rapidly disseminated throughout the onboard population of the Lady. The silver lining of the situation was that, thankfully, the block on communications had still been active, meaning that it hadn't been leaked onto the holonet. While orders have been given to swiftly dispose of all such recordings or else risk disciplinary action with the unofficial threat of catching Lord Vader's attention while he was still in an unfortunate mood, Piet still dreaded the person foolhardy or suicidal enough to post the footage online anyway once the block was lifted. He'd seen most of the videos that had done their circulation, and while something about what Lord Vader had done seemed to corrupt large parts of the footage regardless of what it was filmed on, it still captured the mass execution, and particularly Ozzel's, in gruesome and visceral detail. Within hours, everyone aboard the Lady had known that, if so inclined and truly angered beyond rationality, Lord Vader could, and would, do so much worse than the ever-dreaded strangulation. To see multiple men be forced to vomit up their own internal organs, crushed and torn open and broken in the most literal sense as well as being, for lack of a better term, melted for their treason, had put enough people into a state of hysterics and paranoia that the general atmosphere aboard the Lady could be described as tense to the point of snapping. However, as Lord Vader had spent much of the following days either making his way through much of the paperwork needed after the execution of fourteen men as well as their treason, working in Lars's workshop on something and in the company of Lars himself, the tense atmosphere had somewhat abated. The fact that Lord Vader seemed ill-inclined to exercise more of this terrifying newly revealed extent of powers calmed most of the crewmates, and the gossip tidbits that he was spending plenty of time with Lars while the young man recovered from his injuries calmed the rest. As much as the whole fiasco had revealed terrifying new facts about the dark specter that haunted the hallways of the Lady, Piet was grateful to see that the faith in Lars's abilities seemed to have only grown as the days passed onwards. Setting aside the horrifying revelation that none of them, not even Admiral Montferrat, as he'd admitted in his replies to Piet's messages, had ever seen Lord Vader this enraged before the incident a few days ago, Lord Vader had calmed down remarkably fast after the ordeal was over. This chain of events led to the absolutely mind-boggling conclusion that while Lord Vader's rage, 
His true range was hard to rouse and devastating once awakened. It was easily placated after the offenders were disposed of. Or at least it appeared that way. Piet knew that there was one glaring variable in this whole equation that threw everything off and made him question every conclusion he reached. Luke Lars. As long as the young man was exercising his influence over Lord Vader, there was no telling what his lordship's unmodified behavior would have been. As it stood, he hardly considered that as a detrimental thing, and quite frankly, he hoped that he never again would have to concern himself with Lord Vader's unmodified behavior for as long as he served. Lars was young, and clearly not going anywhere any time soon. With a bit of luck, Piet would actually live to see his retirement. That is what Piet told himself while walking through the medical wing's halls on the first day that Lars had been cleared to receive visitors. He also told himself that he was solely interested in assessing the status of one of his ship's most valuable crew members, and that this visit had nothing to do with his own emotional attachments to the young man. Nothing at all. Furthermore, he was most certainly not taking advantage of the fact that he was one of the few people privy to Lord Vader's general schedule, and was consequently able to pick a time to avoid the Dark Lord and easily converse with the young man. Not to mention that he was not making use of the fact that nearly everyone else would be visiting during scheduled breaks and at the ends of shifts. Absolutely not. He had always been a poor liar towards himself. Matter of fact was, Lord Vader was far from the only one charmed by Lars's demeanor. Multiple pleasant conversations with the young man on various topics ranging from the everyday grind of the ship to their shared Outer Rim origins and the cultures they called their own to how to best draft a professional but scathingly caustic message towards any annoyances had cemented Lars firmly on Piet's positive acquaintances list and even tentatively placed the young man in the short list of people Piet counted as true friends. And while Piet didn't doubt that there were many, many people who would rather have, and most likely be more deserving of, the visitor's slot Piet was aiming to occupy, the fact remained that one of the perks of being the second formerly highest-ranking officer aboard left him the small luxury of being able to shift the time for his break on his shift to one where he would be able to visit Lars alone. The aforementioned break was why he found himself stepping out of the elevators into the medical wing's lobby and making his way over to the receptionist's desk. The same man from his last visit looked up from his screen as he approached and raised one perfectly bored eyebrow. "'Admiral Piet,' he said flatly. "'Congratulations on the promotion. I take it it's Lars you're here for?' "'Thank you,' he returned, equally flat, and for a moment the man's eyes seemed to gain the slightest light of approval. "'And yes, it is.' "'Well, you probably remember the way, sir,' the receptionist noted as he ticked something off on his monitor. "'Good luck.' With that, Piet didn't quite know how, the man almost visibly seemed to become unresponsive, and he decided not to test his welcome any further. Heading towards the large, arching entranceway, Piet couldn't help but note with some wry amusement that the man hadn't been wrong, he really did remember the way. With all that had happened the day he'd first walked it, he doubted he would ever forget it. Piet walked through the hallways and past several of the other wards, turning the last corner towards the recovery ward where Lars was located, only to note with some amusement that even if he hadn't known which ward Lars was in, he surely would have been able to deduce it by virtue of it being the only ward entrance flanked by stormtrooper guards in full pseudo-armor with rifles at ready. The second he turned the corner, the two visors had snapped over towards him, and it took a not insignificant amount of his training to remain unintimidated by the manner in which both troopers tracked him the entire time he approached, rifles held in a position that could easily be mistaken for relaxed by anyone unfamiliar with weapons training. Admiral, one of the troopers grated. 
foregoing any kind of salute in favor of keeping both hands on his weapon. But are your intentions to visit the Garan? Garan, that word again. Remembering the rundown he'd been given not too long ago regarding the sheer weight behind that word, Piet very carefully didn't think about how these men were absolutely willing to shoot him on sight if Lars ordered it, and succeeded marginally in that aspect. They are, he instead stated, keeping steady eye contact with the implacable visor, not offering any further elaboration. The trooper held his gaze for a long moment before nodding and straightening up even further, towering over Piet. Very well, sir, he agreed, and Piet felt like he'd passed some kind of test. I will notify the armorer of your intent, and ask if he's willing to have a visitor. If he's not, however, I must ask that you please leave. Naturally, he agreed with a dip of his head, carefully not thinking about how this whole occurrence was treating Lars as the definitive higher rank in all this. They were clearly well beyond that, and it had never done anyone any good to deny reality as it was happening in front of them. Besides, he wasn't certain that with the manner in which Lord Vader was quite clearly doting on the young man akin to how a parent would, Lars wouldn't soon formally possess a higher rank as well. Piet found that he hardly minded that thought as much as he once might have. The trooper stepped inside, and the other once more took up a silent guarding position, scanning the hallway in a manner that didn't fool Piet for one moment. He'd spent too much time on the lady to believe that there wasn't a sharp eye being kept on him at all times. The trooper's head abruptly jerked towards the end of the hallway Piet had just come from, the sound of footsteps coming up to greet him not a moment later. Turning his head just enough to see who the trooper was keeping such a sharp eye on, Piet refused to feel any kind of surprise when the familiar army greys of one General Veers stepped around the corner. Of course. Veers, for his part, blinked for a moment when he saw Piet, but didn't even bother to slow down for a moment as he approached the recovery war with long strides. Firmus, he greeted easily with a nod before turning his gaze to the trooper. Sergeant Volt! Ah, so that was the trooper's name. Volt, for his part, nodded once, but didn't budge from his at-ready stance. Sir, he returned. Piet noted with interest that Veers couldn't stop himself from eyeing the way the trooper held the weapon either, even as he made no comment on it. Apparently this was as unusual behavior to him as it was to Piet. That wasn't exactly reassuring, but also not entirely unexpected. Max, he greeted back hoping to ease the minor pang of tension just a little as the trooper clearly sized up the both of them, preparing for a fight if need be. Piet would almost find it offensive if it hadn't been for the fact that it was common knowledge that the conspiracy against Lars had been almost entirely composed of high-ranking personnel. As much as he hated to say it, this had been far from the first suspicious look he'd been given these last few days, from both troopers and crewmates alike. He hadn't thought that Lars's approval ratings were quite this high, but getting a narrow look from even the waiter when the dinner conversation in the officer's lounge had turned towards the conspiracy had certainly opened his eyes to the matter. To say nothing of the troopers and engineers, Piet had never been as closely scrutinized by such a wide variety of personnel, ranging from cooks, clerks, and gunnery officers to pilots, quartermasters, and medics, with this amount of suspicion over such a short period of time. If it wasn't for the fact that he knew basically every officer was in the same boat as he was, he would have thought that he'd already screwed up only a couple of days into his career as admiral. Seeing Veers get scrutinized by one of his own men neatly killed any remnants of that idea that he may have had. "'Had the same idea, I see,' Veers commented idly, as if he hadn't just been blatantly sized up by Sergeant Volt for the eventuality of a fight. "'You here to see the kid, too?' 
He inclined his head toward Veers as he carefully folded his hands behind his back. It seemed good form to check in on the head engineer after my rather abrupt promotion, he informed Veers primly. At the very least, to introduce myself in my new capacity. Veers raised an eyebrow toward him and nodded slowly. Mm-hmm, he hummed. And this has nothing to do with your liking of the kid, hm? Piet shot his friend a frosty look that flawlessly spelled out the request to shut up or experience bodily harm, but in the face of losing it with whatever answer he gave, he wisely kept his mouth shut. Thankfully, the door to the recovery ward clicked from its lock and opened soon enough to not force his silence into an awkward one. The other trooper stepped out, the sound of chatter filtering out behind him as he did so, only to pause when he caught sight of Veers now standing next to Piet. Sir, the trooper said evenly even as something tensed in his frame. "'Sergeant Slice,' Veers returned just as easily. "'I take it I am to state my intent to visit here.' "'Very much so, sir,' the trooper answered without a single inflection in his tone. "'We—' "'Slice, are you going to let the Admiral through or not?' a voice suddenly called out from within the recovery ward, and Piet's shoulders slumped slightly as he could feel the tension leak out of the air with every word Lars spoke. Sergeant Slice, for his part, partially turned back and responded to the call. I would, sir, but General Veers has come for a visit as well. Should I block him? Sons and fucking sand, Piet heard muttered from within the room, almost too low to hear. It's fine, Slice, Lars called back. For the love of the stars, just let them both through their friendlies. With those words, the last of the tension slipped away, though Piet noted that its ghost still lingered as the sergeant turned back towards them. You're both cleared to enter. He told them flatly and somewhat needlessly. I advise that you act wiser than your ex-colleagues did, though. Lord Vader won't condemn us for any action we take if you don't, sirs. Message received. Duly noted, Sergeant. Piet agreed evenly. Threat delivered and vetting complete, Sergeant Slice stepped aside and back into his guard post, leaving the doorway free for Piet and Veers to pass through. Unwilling to test the patience of the two troopers, one of whom had just made an oblique death threat that he didn't doubt was completely genuine, Piet promptly stepped into the ward beyond, with Veers right on his heels. Turning the corner into the room, Piet was once more greeted by the sight of Lars reclining in the same bed as he had last time, though thankfully this time around there wasn't the presence of a certain Dark Lord to contend with, and neither was Lars asleep. Unfortunately, there were two other troopers in fully equipped pseudo-armor present, one sitting at the front of Lars's bed scrolling through a data pad, and one leaning idly against the bedpost with their arms crossed, their lack of helmets resulting in their easy identification as clones, as well as highly suspicious of both him and Veers, even as they lacked the hostility of the guards outside. None of that mattered in the face of Lars's bright, beaming smile and enthusiastic wave as he reclined against a pile of pillows and with a data pad in his lap. Admiral Piet, General Veers, he greeted happily. What a pleasant surprise. Veers chuckled deeply at the young man's enthusiasm, and Piet could feel himself echoing the sentiment as well. Hey, kid, the man greeted back. Thought I'd go see how the resident troublemaker was doing. Not sure what Firmus's excuse is, though, he finished, smirking as Piet glared at him. Rolling his eyes at his friend, Piet discarded Veers' ribbing as unimportant, instead focusing on the curious look Lars was giving him. "'I figured it would be good form to check up on the resident head engineer,' Piet said evenly before dropping just a bit of his professional demeanor when Lars's eyes gained a particular kind of understanding and gave Piet a look that he could feel going straight through him. "'And perhaps I was also intending to check up on a friend,' 
he admitted a bit more softly, smiling in return when Lars beamed wide. Well, it's much appreciated. Come, take a seat, Lars replied happily while gesturing over to the various chairs and spaces around his bed. Gesturing with a hand very much not organic, Piet noted with more than a bit of curiosity, how long had the young man had a prosthesis, and what even was this prosthesis? He'd never seen anything like it. Walking over to approximately where Lars had gestured while giving the wary clones a bit of a berth, Piet took note of the fact that all manner of items seemed to have accumulated around the young man's sickbed. A datapad had commuted a small stack of decorated papers that Piet suspected were get-well cards, a smattering of tools and bits and bobs of metal, a strange glossy black pendant on a string of colorful beads, a multitude of packaged snacks that had small colorful notes stuck to them piled high on the nightstand, a bouquet of what looked like they were supposed to be flowers made out of metal shavings, and a variety of data sticks each labeled in a different color. Seeing him look over all the clutter that had accumulated around the sickbed, Lars sheepishly smiled and rubbed the back of his head. Gifts from France, he said, by way of explanation. Gifts and a couple of work-related things so I could stay up to date and a couple of personal belongings to keep me occupied. Veers whistled lowly as he surveyed the bounty present. Damn, he muttered. I knew you were popular, but this is a whole different level. I didn't even think the cooks knew how to give out extra dessert rations. Lars flushed darkly at the words, and taking a closer look at the pile of snacks and food present, Piet could indeed see a couple of the distinct and much-coveted packages of dessert rations. The good ones, too, if he wasn't mistaken, and the quality of the various rations hadn't fluctuated too much from the time when he primarily survived on them. "'They're not all from the cooks,' Lars mumbled, embarrassment coloring his cheeks. "'I told them I couldn't possibly eat them all, but—' But they were disinclined to listen, Piet guessed idly. Even as he had no idea who they were, they could be anyone from a random crewmate to the very troopers standing beside him right this moment. Pretty much, Lars confirmed begrudgingly. I even told them to take some themselves and eat them with me, but no dice, he grumbled, glaring sideways at the small mountain of food like it had done him wrong. Now it's just sitting there doing nothing. If Piet had been any further removed from the troopers, he might not have heard the soft snort from one of them. Discreetly glancing over to where they were situated, Piet noted that they were looking with more than a little endeared amusement at the young engineer, perhaps even a little too much so. Catching a glance towards where Veers was teasingly ribbing the young man over his supposed popularity, while Lars reddened in complexion like he was being steamed and occasionally snapping back a quick-witted retort, Piet subtly shifted over towards the clones. Care to explain what is so amusing about Engineer Law's statement, gentlemen? He asked below his breath, taking care not to be too suspicious. One of them snorted quietly and leaned in just a bit as he lowered his voice. Don't tell a grand, sir, the trooper muttered lowly. But those aren't gifts. Or at least, not just gifts. Eyeing the fairly sizable amount of packaged food, cards, data sticks, and other knick-knacks on Law's nightstand, Piet could only raise an eyebrow. If they aren't gifts, what are they then, Trooper? He whispered back, taking care to keep his voice low. They seem to be gifts to me, and I doubt anyone would be so foolish as to make something malicious out of them, after what Lord Vader did not so long ago. The man snorted almost too loudly, and Piet had to quickly glance over into where Piet and Lars were now animatedly discussing the particulars of something or other, Lars repeatedly gesturing towards Veers' comm unit and saying things like memes and various acronyms that meant nothing to Piet, but that Veers was listening attentively to as he looked down at his comm with a serious expression. 
more decoding of Zebulon's communications with his father then. Relaxing slightly, he turned his attention back to the trooper just in time to hear the man speak. It's Boomer, sir, Sergeant Boomer. The man, Boomer, notified him quietly. And they're not gifts, sir, because they're more than that. Jerking his chin towards the small pile of food, his expression took on an odd, ancient quality. Those, those are offerings, prayers and payments for a bit of protection and luck from all manner of crewmates and squads. I'd say about half is of the regular crew by volume, but the better stuff was offered mostly by the pilots and engineers. Piet blinked as those words sunk in. Offerings? You're going to have to explain that to me in greater detail, Sergeant, he muttered. Because that sounds a lot like you're implying that people worship Engineer Lars. Boomer huffed out a laugh. That's because I am, sir, he retorted. Nothing fancy, mind you. Just a bit of superstition and leaps in logic here and there. Sir has been known to have an extraordinarily good memory when it comes to names and people and such, so the hope is that a small token with a well-wish and your name on it will get you remembered well enough that if you're ever between a rock and a hard place and can't wriggle out, he'll lend you a bit of his compassion and help you out. Boomer laughed quietly as he took in Piet's baffled face. Really, I see. There's nothing much behind it besides something to ease the nerves of the last few days, that's all. For some reason, Piet very heavily doubted it. This, this wasn't something just easily waved away as nothing much. This was the beginning of the same thing Piet knew the stormtroopers did with Lord Vader. He may be a navy man, but he wasn't blind to the blatant worship that was rumored to occur amongst the stormtrooper corps of the black specter that was Lord Vader. And he couldn't even blame them for it. Lord Vader, for all that Piet had seen him bleed and care and soften over the last few days, still defied his understanding on every basic level. Even before this whole fiasco that had thrown Piet's understanding of his lordship's powers into complete disarray, he'd still seen the man as something more than either the theory of human or droid could provide a decent explanation for. The Dark Lord was an enigma and a mystery, and every time Piet learned something new about him, it only seemed to blur the line more of what he actually was. The ones hitting the battlefield alongside Lord Vader and likely witnessing the brunt of his display of powers worshipped the man as an avatar of death and victory. Not hard to see at all. What Piet didn't like, however, was the implication that enough people had seen something in Lars, especially not since he couldn't honestly say that he didn't see it too. And the young man was still entirely oblivious to it. Piet breathed in, took two seconds, and breathed out again. Okay, so Lars was now steadily gaining a cult following, apparently. Would or could Piet even do anything about that? On the one hand, if he didn't stop this now, there would be absolutely no stopping it later on if it wasn't too late to stop it already. Especially since he, like every other officer aboard a certain rank at the moment, was very much on the collective bad side of the crew of the Lady until such a time that he was cleared of suspicions in the court of public opinion. On the other hand, he was very much unwilling to put himself between said court of public opinion and the person they had chosen as their patron and get shredded to pieces in the process, a process that he, for some force-forsaken reason, very much doubted Lord Vader would be willing to put a stop to. In fact, the only one he could think of with the sway needed aboard the Lady to call off the 1.2 million strong crew should he get in between them and their patron would be said patron himself. 
and it really didn't speak well for your options when your only chance of salvation was praying to the very person who you were trying to prevent the deification of. All in all, Piet was finding that being the admiral of the largest ship in the galaxy was a lot more like governing a small nation and a lot less like running a military operation. In theory, he was in charge, and with enough sway and respect, he truly was as well. But he was only one man. And if even just half the ladies' crew decided they wanted him dead, well, he was just one man. He sighed. He was beginning to see why there was a separation in government and religion in the Empire. This was honestly insane. Well, at least now he knew that he most definitely was a solid rung or two, if not more, under Lars within the ladies' food chain. Thankfully, it was a more pleasant place to be than in a similar space under Ozel in matters of military and social orders. Lars didn't attempt to pin his own mistakes on him for one. He also pulled his own weight many times over for another. Two seconds and the world spun on. Piet sighed one last time as he pulled himself back out of his own mind. Right, he muttered to the sergeant, who was looking at him with a highly amused expression. Right, Engineer Lars has begun the process of deification, and is utterly oblivious to said process. He is also receiving offerings from his worshippers under the guise of get-well gifts, and has no idea of that either, he summoned up flatly. Did I miss anything, or am I on the spot, Sergeant? Aside from the fact that much of the offerings truly are just get-well gifts as well, the trooper replied with some amusement. Not really. It seems like you got it, sir. Piet made a soft, despairing, undignified sound, and glared at Sergeant Boomer when the man bit his lip to prevent from laughing. Really, though, sir, the clone continued on quietly, you didn't see this coming, the lady's son. You really didn't. Frankly, Sergeant, Piet muttered as he looked back on all the signs, I suppose I'd hoped I hadn't. Lord Vader was one thing, but Lars— Lars gaining this amount of offerings and desserts and fruit packs and data sticks in the couple of hours since visitors had been first allowed. That spoke of something more than just a mere superstition as far as Piet was concerned. That spoke of something he wanted to take exactly no responsibility for dealing with. Sergeant Boomer, for his part, merely snickered at Piet's silent despair and went back to watching the young engineer explain to a bewildered veers just what exactly yeet meant and why it likely was a bad thing to see into conjunction with how much one of Zebulon's fellow students got on his nerves. Apparently it meant that the young man was liable to defenestrate the student in question sometime in the near future, but only in a half-joking manner. Piet had never been so glad that he hadn't signed up for cryptography training. And so my suggestion would be to tell him to stick it out for just a couple more weeks, Lars finished jetting towards the comm screen with a gleaming, bone-white finger that reflected light off of the polished brass joints. He's almost out of the academy. He could handle a jackass making his life sour for just a bit longer without flying off the handle, but be sarcastic about it, to show you got the joke. Don't think that's gonna work, kid, Thier said as he rubbed his chin with a sigh. Zev knows you're helping me out on these and likes to remind me of that fact, so acting like I got the joke will backfire spectacularly. Lars rolled his eyes and waved a hand carelessly. So say you figured out the joke, sir, and really just try to relate with him over those moments where you could drive a spike into someone's neck over the bullshit they pulled, and you'll be fine. Emotions cross language barriers, and I find that homicidal thoughts are universally understood, he said blithely. And, ah, oh yes, Piet supposed he now got the gist of it. Veers, on the other hand, blinked in bewilderment at the young man. Pardon? 
This time, Piet was very much empathizing with the exasperated look Lars shot Veers' way. Come on, sir, the engineer implored with a patient tone. Homicidal thoughts. The ones you have when you're about three seconds away from pulling a knife on some hot crony who's about to sell you out. We've all had them. And perhaps it was unprofessional. But Piet nodded along. With every word the young man said as he remembered his own instances, something that was quickly picked up on by Lars. See? He said with a gesture towards Piet. The Admiral gets it. Views' head swiveled around as he stared at Piet with wide eyes. And why are you nodding? He asked, an edge of hysteria to his tone that really was rather overdone. He raised an eyebrow at his friend and crossed his arms. For the exact reason Engineer Lars said, Max, he retorted flatly, to the beaming delight of the young man in question. We've all been there. No, the fuck we've not, Lars retorted with an aghast expression. And if there was ever anything that illustrated the differences between growing up core and outer rim, it was that, in Piet's opinion. Well, I have, he said primly. And so was Engineer Lars. So if the troopers here know what we're talking about as well, I dare say it's just you, Max. He finished with just a twitch of the corner of his mouth, Lars gesturing happily towards him with a C expression aimed toward Veers, who was looking rather pale. I know I have, Boomer agreed easily. Lord Vader is rather clear about how to deal with the Hutt families and their lackeys. And I'd say Hicks has as well, right, Vod? He asked with a teasing lilt. Leave me out of it, trouble, the until now silent clone said as he continued scrolling through whatever he was reading on his pad. But yes, I have. Multiple times. He looked up, and Piet was struck with how, despite having the exact same eyes as his brother, Sergeant Hax's eyes looked like they were struck from metal, hard and steely. Lord Vader is very clear in that aspect, yes. That struck Piet as significant somehow. Lord Vader wasn't diplomatic about many things by any means, but to order antagonism out of hand against supposed allies, tentative though they may be, wasn't exactly his style. From the corner of his eye, Piet noticed that Lars merely grinned a strange, knowing grin that he ducked his head just a second too late to hide entirely. He pursed his lips as he contemplated what that look could mean, but was stopped from pursuing the train of thought when Veers regained his voice. "'Right,' he said, just a little wary. "'You all murdered someone in relation to the huts. That's enlightening to know.' "'You haven't?' Lars asked, surprised in his voice and— the earlier strange look entirely gone. Then two ticks went by, as Piet could perfectly visualize the gears turning in the young man's head, before his eyes widened and he suddenly nodded in understanding. Right, core world, of course, he said, like he just figured out in a moment that Piet remembered all too well from his own experiences when he'd just gotten promoted into the higher ranks and transferred out of the Axola anti-pirate fleet. Indeed. Piet agreed with the young man, sparing only a quick glance towards Veers, who seemed to be slowly catching up with what was going on. I don't think our good general has ever been in a situation where one would have to drive a hand's length of durasteel through an eye or two of various hot employees. He looked towards Max and gave him a bland smile. And it shows, he stated airily, not letting his expression betray any kind of glee at the blooming offense in his friend's expression. Oi, Veers protested. Are you calling me soft? Piet raised an eyebrow in challenge at his friend and allowed a small bit of glee to filter through. I'm afraid those are your words, Max, he deflected evenly, not mine. Veers gaped in indignity at his words and promptly narrowed his eyes. Hard to pick you up and throw you out for that one, small fry, he shot back, and Piet. Piet could take a lot of jabs at his somewhat lacking height, but that didn't mean he had to take them lying down. 
attempt to do so, he retorted icily, and I will inform you that I have teeth, and absolutely do not have the Cornworld hesitancy about using them as weapons. I will bite you. While Veers was busy looking at him in utter bewilderment, Piet noticed that Lars was beaming wide and nodding along with his words like he'd been waiting for someone to say them for a long time. He smiled mildly at the young man as he dipped his head towards him. "'I take it you agree with my tactics, Engineer Lars?' he asked with some amusement. "'Teeth, the oldest weapon we have,' Lars said by way of agreement, nodding happily. "'And they're good if you can only get one shot in and have to make a run for it. The infections can kill if you bite deep enough,' he noted with glee, and Piet felt more than one memory resurface at that little reminder. "'True enough,' he agreed, as he thought back to his days hunting for pirates. "'I know of at least one slippery pirate who met his end by that manner.' He grinned a rare, vicious grin that Lars matched one to one. Apparently some of the Bacter and human saliva are especially dangerous to Trandishans. Regenerative properties be damned. Lars's eyes lit up as Piet divulged the little nugget of information he'd kept tucked away just in case. Oh, really? he said, a light hint of glee dancing along the edges of his tone. How effective would you say it is, Admiral? he asked eagerly. And Piet nearly laughed out loud at the alarmed look that Veers shot towards the young engineer. "'Considering he was found dead not twenty-four hours later in his ship,' Pierre said idly, noting how Lars's eyes shone with something dangerous. "'Very effective. If you ever find the need to run down a Trandoshan and don't want to risk tangling with superior strength, I recommend sinking your teeth into one of the softer scaled areas and staying out of range afterwards. If you can keep up the pressure afterwards, you can weaken them before you tire.' "'Do we know it, Admiral?' Lars said with a gleam in his eyes that Pierre recognized all too well. He had a feeling that if any Trandisham was ever foolish enough to cross paths with Luke Lars, they'd find themselves in a very nasty pickle indeed. You are both absolutely insane, Veer stated with pure conviction, eyes snapping between the two of them before finally fixing on Lars. Also, kid, how the hell did you know the infection of a bite can kill? Lars blinked innocently at Veer's and Piet stifled a laugh at how bewildered the young man looked at being asked that question. Experience, General Veer's he answered bluntly. Obviously. Veers stared openly at the young engineer, and Piet could hardly keep himself from laughing at his friend, getting confronted with some of the realities of what Lars growing up in the Outer Rim meant. Boomer, it seemed, had no such reservations, and was shaking with laughter at Piet's shoulder. "'You attempted to kill someone by giving them an infection?' Veers asked flatly, something deadening in his eyes as he glanced between Lars and Piet. Lars gave the general a strange look and shook his head slowly. No, I attempted to kill someone by tearing out their throat with my teeth, Lars corrected slowly, and Piet watched in increasing amusement as those words visibly registered with fears like a slap to the face. I succeeded in killing them through an infection when they got away, Lars continued, giving the man a strange look. Are you okay, General Veers? You don't look too good. I'm fine, kid, Veers replied mechanically. Lars's face took on a distinctly dubious quality at those words as his face twisted into something distinctly odd. I guess the saying, like father, like son, really is true, huh? He muttered quietly, and that was an interesting thing to say indeed. What do you mean, Engineer Lars? Piet asked when Veers was too slow to respond. Do you mean Zevulin has a similar reaction? Lars finished with a significant look. Yeah, absolutely. He turned back towards Veers and gave the man a considering look. I didn't think that it would be that surprising to you, General, considering your occupation, but I guess the core and the outer rim really differ in those aspects. They most certainly do, Piet agreed before Veers could get a word in edgewise. 
It was an adjustment for me as well, I can tell you that much, he told the young man, who grimaced in sympathy. Yeah, it certainly seems like there's a lot less... He trailed off, likely trying to find the right words for how the core seemed to lack all manner of constant death and danger that the Outer Rim possessed, to the point of hardening its inhabitants to certain things to an apparently excessive amount, at least as far as core-worlders were concerned. To Piet it rather seemed like there were things that the core would benefit from understanding, but who was he in the grand scheme of things? Hostile? Leo suggested flatly. Less hostile, because it sure as hell seems to be. Piet gave his friend an unimpressed look. Continuous exploitation and neglect will do that to a territory, Piet retorted flatly, tone dripping with a casual acid, not to mention no protection whatsoever from the more unsavory and immoral elements of the galaxy. Veers grimaced as he inclined his head. Fair enough. I suppose that would be enough to drive anyone to Harton, he agreed, glancing back to Lars' curiosity in his face. Though I wouldn't expect it from you, kid, he admitted with a small edge of wandering caution to his tone. You certainly don't have the demeanor of someone who's killed. Lars raised an eyebrow toward Veers, a supremely unimpressed expression on his face. General Veers, with all due respect, didn't you think that was perhaps the point? He retorted with a serious tone. I would hardly want to let a single instance defy me, and the death of a slaver certainly wasn't worth the amount of thought it would take to change my demeanor after their death. Piet clicked his tongue as Boomer shifted beside him, shifting to attention. Hex doing something similar, even as Piet could see that he was pretending to remain engrossed in his data pad. A slaver? Piet asked carefully, layering meanings into his voice that he had a feeling the young man would understand better than he had guessed. I take it his possessions got lost in the scuffle then. His suspicions were proven correct when Lars gave him a grin that was closer to the bearing of teeth. Utterly lost such a tragedy, he drawled insincerity dripping from his voice like thawing ice, and underneath it something warm and familiar showed itself as Piet saw a recognition spark in the young man's eyes. But those are always the risks of dealing with sentient possessions, wouldn't you agree, Admiral? He asked with a significant and serious look in his eyes, and Piet knew that he had been right. Oh, definitely, he agreed with an air of indifference. I'm afraid that more than one shipment got lost on the way to declaring the goods transported by the pirates and perhaps a couple of shipments that had been taken from a hut transport as well, and that he'd been just a tad too busy to prevent from escaping, and maybe even a couple of shipments that multiple eyewitnesses had reported heading into regions known for their, uh, slave theft, that he deemed unreliable tips. That hardly was relevant, though, and judging by Lars's knowing smile, he didn't need to say it either. Regardless of their divergent origin and culture, they were still both from the Outer Rim, and while Axola was farther from the official boundaries of hut space than Tatooine was, functionally, the Outer Rim was hut space. This left a kind of understanding between most inhabitants of the Outer Rim that functioned as an open secret in three folds. One, no one who was a halfway decent sort liked the huts or their employees. Two, no one who was a halfway decent sort liked their signature cultural practice either. Three, the fact that there were multiple, millennia-old networks within the Outer Rim dedicated to the freedom of the victims of said cultural practice was common knowledge and also never, ever talked about in the open. This idea was reinforced by the fact that these networks weren't kept in operation by some secret society, but rather by your everyday people themselves. Now, Piet wasn't a part of any such networks, not officially anyway, and he doubted that Lars was either. But the fact of the matter was that these kinds of operations were sustained by accumulation of many small acts of resistance, lost paperwork, 
asking just the wrong questions when dealing with someone who could only speak broken basic and fluent Hanese, so that the inevitable conclusion was that they were just a tourist looking for the local accommodations, a habit of forgetfulness that left a convenient gate unlocked and a remote in reach. A couple of clerical oversights that meant that certain types of property were often impossible to reclaim. Excuses for leniency whenever a thief specializing in sentient prizes was caught. Extradition treaties that were conveniently forgotten. A million acts of small resistances that buoyed the networks never spoken of. He looked at Lars, and in a pair of knowing blue eyes, he could see the threefold understanding that the Outer Rim functioned on in these matters. He didn't know what network Lars knew. And he didn't know what the young man had done beyond getting into a scuffle with a low-life scum so that certain possessions could be lost, but then he didn't need to know. They both seemed to understand what wasn't said just fine anyway. Veers, on the other hand, was looking thoroughly lost between the two of them. Why do I get the feeling that I just missed an entire conversation between the two of you? He muttered below his breath. Lars glanced over towards the general and back towards Biet, mouth twitching with mirth as eyes began to sparkle with suppressed laughter, suppression which failed near instantly and resulted in light chuckles beginning to spill over that slowly rose in volume, bright, happy, and as infectious as anything. Biet couldn't help but quietly laugh too, which quickly became louder as Veers shot them both utterly bewildered looks that did nothing to quell their increasing amusement of the whole situation. "'Probably because you did, sir.' Boomer muttered just as bemused, even as he was grinning along with the laughter as well. That what it was, I couldn't tell you. Regaining some control over his composure and reining the laughter back into a small smile, Piet inclined his head towards both men. Forgive us, he said with a grin that likely didn't speak of too much sincerity. It's a cultural thing. Lars snorted loudly but gamely nodded along. Yeah, cultural thing, he agreed trying to keep his face straight, even as he was quite obviously still laughing inside. Absolutely. Veers shot them both looks of blatant disbelief, and Piet knew that if he were to look to his side, he would see Boomer give him a very similar look. Right, Veers drawled. Sure. I believe you too. Lars laughed brightly, unable to keep a straight face anymore, but shook his head nonetheless. You ought to, General, he informed the man, still laughing. Admiral Piet is speaking the truth, just... From a certain point of view, he finished with a shrug and a lopsided grin. Veers gave both Lars and Piet a long, considering look before sighing and shaking his head. Right, I'm not going to ask any more questions. The answers only seem to get more insane with every word. A wise choice, he said mildly, mouth still curled into a smile. Now then, as fun as it is to bewilder your core-worlder sentiments, shall we move on to a more inclusive topic? He turned towards Lars with a slight nod. Like, for instance, your prosthesis. I must say it's quite spectacular, he complimented sincerely while Veers made an indignant sound. It truly was, too. Glossy white and expertly sculpted. The plating looked far closer to porcelain than the metal it was undoubtedly made of, with the hints of mirror-polished brass showing through in the joints and whenever a plate shifted just right, pulling it together into a truly spectacular piece. And that was still disregarding the delicate artwork that was engraved and painted onto the prosthesis, all in all, Piet could only say that Lars had truly outdone himself in designing his own prosthetic arm, something that the young man seemed all too aware of as he grinned wide while looking down at the hand in question, elegantly flexing and curling the fingers as he rolled the wrist. Thank you, he said, light and pleased. Vader really went above and beyond, didn't he? Pardon? 
He blinked twice at the young man as he distantly registered Boomer snickering softly at his side. Glancing quickly towards Veers, he could see that his friend wasn't in a much better state, openly gaping at Lars's statement. Right. I'm sorry, he said, still blinking slowly. Could you, could you explain that last sentence to me, he said, not wanting to trust his ears, but at the same time already resigned in some aspect to getting his worldview tipped onto its side once more. Setting aside the use of Lord Vader's name without any honorifics, he was not touching that one, not in a million years. If Lars felt comfortable using it, that was his business and his business alone. Piet decided to focus on the part that felt less like a landmine waiting to be tread on. I was under the impression that you were the one who designed your prosthesis, Engineer Lars. Hm? Lars said as he looked up towards Piet, realization quickly sinking in as to what had been said. What? No, he exclaimed, face rapidly setting into annoyance. Has Vader been saying that we should both get the credit for this design again? He demanded, before huffing out of breath and rolling his eyes. He's lying if he has, by the way. He was the one to design it, and I only helped refine some of the systems. Everything else, from the core machinery to the engraving, came from him. That really, really wasn't the issue here, Piet thought, even as he filed away the information for later use, just in case. I will keep that in mind, he said as he tried to process the information that Lord Vader was the one responsible for the creation of Lars's arm without letting it shake him too badly. It only made sense after all he'd seen in the last few days, after all. Something that he could see nearly reflected in Veers's face as he took in the words, "'Right, well, kid,' he said, mind clearly lagging far behind with the information that had just been loaded into it, even if they'd both gotten more proficient at dealing with Lars-induced mental overloads over the last couple of months." He hasn't been saying that, thankfully, but his lordship hasn't exactly been open about the fact that he was the one to design your prosthesis either, so this is news to us, he said. And Piet had to commend him on finding his feet again so soon when Lars had just finished knocking them both flat. Quite right, he agreed, his voice once more under control as he quickly suppressed any other instinctual reaction. He'd been fine when he'd had to give a report while Lord Vader had been patiently allowing himself to be treated like a pillow by Lars. He could handle this. Aside from that— he continued, eyeing the prosthesis with a new perspective. I was also unaware that Lord Vader was an artist, so I assumed that the artwork on your arm was of your own design. He dipped his head towards Lars as the young man gained an understanding smile on his face. My apologies. No need, Admiral, Lars waved off. I apologize for my outburst, but Vader's been something of a stubborn bull on this matter. The engineer rolled his eyes like he hadn't just made a remark that, coming from anyone else, would have turned Piet's blood to ice. As it stood, it was nearly entertaining to see the young man grouse about Lord Vader being stubborn. I say he designed it, which he did. He says I helped design it. I say it's bullshit. I just helped him work out the kinks. He goes on to say we both designed it anyway, Lars continued with an exasperated tone. I swear he's impossible sometimes. The fact that that last statement was said with a grin and no shortage of fondness made Piet think that the engineer was being far from as sincere in his griping as he was pretending to be. But Piet decided not to draw any attention to it. It was hardly his place to mediate, after all. Oh, dear, was what he said instead, with no shortage of amusement, Veer shamelessly cackling at the young man's irritation. His lordship's been driving you up the wall, kid, he asked, still laughing under his breath, eyes sparking with mirth. Lars groaned out a long, drawn-out sound as he plopped back against the pillows, propping him up, a sight so comedic that Piet couldn't help but laugh along with Veers and Boomer at the young man's dramatics, his eyes catching Sergeant Hex smiling from the corners of his eyes as well. I swear, Lars groused, he's the very embodiment of a mother hen sometimes. You know he made me go to bed yesterday evening? Well, I was already in bed. 
Lars huffed and crossed his arms as he stared at the ceiling, successfully ignoring Boomer howling with laughter and Piet attempting to stifle a stubborn chuckle that was making an inspired attempt to be heard at Lars's indignation. "'And how late was it when he made you do that, kid?' Veers asked with a raised eyebrow, clearly not taking Lars's side in this matter in a manner of parental solidarity that made something in Piet's hindbrain shriek in panic at the comparison, while another part promptly bashed it in to stop it from ruining the moment. Lars shot the general a baleful look before going back to staring indignantly at the ceiling. Oh, two hundred hours, he admitted begrudgingly, Piet no longer being able to contain a snort of the sheer spite in Lars's voice at being found out, to which Veers gave the young man a significant look. I'm with his lordship on this one, kid, Veers informed Lars blithely. You needed to go the hell to sleep. I've been on bed rest for over a week, Lars protested vehemently. Excuse me for having too much energy pent up to just sleep the entire time. Veers crossed his arms, leveling the youth with an unimpressed look, and Piet for one wild moment wanted to remind his friend that he already had a son and really, really didn't want to be encroaching on the role of Lars's parent as well. He had a feeling that Veers was not prepared in the slightest to deal with the full consequences of stepping into that rancor nest all of a sudden. He squashed the instinct and instead kept his mouth shut. Veers, unfortunately, didn't reach the same conclusion of what the optimal choice to make here was. No excuse, he denied instantly. You kid are recovering and need your rest, not to stay up to who knows o'clock in the morning. Lars glared at Veers for a moment and blew out an irritated breath as he looked back up to the ceiling. "'Sons, you sound just like him, you know that, General?' the young man muttered mutinously. You could have heard a pin drop as soon as Lars had finished uttering those words, Veers staring utterly gobsmacked at the engineer, while the silence lasted for one beat, two, and then Boomer utterly lost it. The trooper doubled over, howling with laughter as he braced one hand on the end of Lars's bed, shoulders shaking with the force of each laugh. he stammered out between hiccuping cackles. "'You can't just say that!' Well, it's true, Lars protested vehemently. If he doesn't want to hear it, he shouldn't be trying to mother-hen me, too. Piet breathed in deeply while he pressed his mouth into a thin line, determined not to join Boomer in his uncontrollable laughter, even if it was a near thing. For, since when has his life turned into one where he could hear a young engineer compare a flabbergasted general to Lord Vader because the man was acting paternal, and not immediately assume he'd ended up in a madhouse? Well, at least it was far from a dull one. He could take a hit or two to his sanity if it meant he'd never be bored, even if it likely was bad on his nerves. Veers didn't seem to agree, however, wide-eyed and slack-jawed as the man was while he stared blankly ahead, and Piet couldn't help the small snicker that escaped him, even while Boomer was still nearly choking on his laughter. Maybe he should have warned his friend after all, at least before Lars decided to drop the casual conversational equivalent of a bomb like he had. Forced, the young man didn't even look like he understood in the slightest why his comment had seemed to put Veers temporarily out of commission. He merely looked at all of them with a furrowed brow and confusion in his eyes. Eventually, Boomer's laughter tapered off to something more manageable, and Piet's mirth had subsided enough that he felt confident that he wasn't going to lose his composure any time soon. Quite right, he agreed with the young man, even as Veers finally seemed to register enough of the outside world again to give him a betrayed look that he returned with complete equanimity. He shouldn't be he finished, giving his friend a significant look that hopefully conveyed both the fact that he shouldn't have been encroaching far enough into Lars's already rather taken parental niche, but even the youth noticed it, and also that he brought this upon himself. A message that, thankfully, finally seemed to register with Veers. All right, all right, 
the man grumbled. I yield, I yield. I'm just saying that the kid already seems to have a well enough support system in Lord Vader when it comes to the matters of regulating sleeping schedules, Piet suggested innocently. Veers' mouth still opening and closing as Piet effectively cut off whatever disastrous answer he might have given. Gladly agree, Max, he continued, steamrolling over whatever answer that might have been given. That most definitely is a stance I can get behind, Lars agreed enthusiastically, clapping his hands together and further railroading the conversation right over Veers. So now that we're all in agreement, can we move on to better topics? Now hold on for just one minute, you two, Veers attempted to cut in. Unsuccessfully, Piet might add. I do believe we were discussing the design of your new prosthesis, Piet agreed easily, blatantly ignoring the indignant sound Veers made and the hiccuping laughs coming from Boomer. I recall you were talking about how you and Lord Vader refined the design. Are you just... Veers tried again, and Boomer really was not sounding too well as his laughter turns to coughing, the poor clone now nearly lying flat on the floor as he continued to laugh. Right, Lars agreed, completely bypassing whatever comment Veers was attempting to make as he grabbed his abandoned data pad and typed something in fast enough that Piet had trouble following the engineer's fingers as more than a blur. The device spat out a hologram of a certain prosthetic arm, and really Piet probably shouldn't be feeling quite this much glee as he saw the disgruntled realization dawn on Veers' face that he wasn't going to beat this. Lars with the presentation was Lars in charge of the room, no questions about it. Hiding his glee and smiling blandly in return to the baleful glare shot his way by the general, Piet settled in to listen to the young engineer present his, or, well, Lord Vader's and his, Piet thought as he recalled Lars's insistence on that fact, latest design. Apparently more than a couple of innovations had needed to be made to make the prosthesis able to do exactly what they both had wanted it to do, though at least this time, from what Piet understood, because Lord Vader had been the chief designer in the project, Lars hadn't needed to reinvent two dozen technologies from the bottom up. No, no, that would be ridiculous. He'd only needed to reinvent six and leave the rest to Lord Vader, who was apparently more than capable of making mechanical magic like Lars was. He believed there was a saying that was usually applied in these sorts of situations likening one family member to another, but he would, quite frankly, rather deal with the whole conspiracy of madness and fragile mediocrity once more than to crack open that particular can of worms that contained a situation that he had no business sticking his nose in in the first place. Especially since there was a very real possibility of stumbling upon something where not even the Tuca killed by its curiosity could be brought back by the satisfaction of the answer. And besides, he thought, as he settled in a bit further, content to watch Lars light up like Empire Day fireworks every time he got to explain how he and Lord Vader worked together to figure out this and that. It hardly seemed like he needed to involve himself in any capacity to begin with. Lord Vader and Lars were clearly handling themselves well enough in this strange thing they were developing between the two of them, even while routinely flipping Piet's understanding of the world on its head. That much was clear from the statement piece that the engineer had found himself wearing on his arm. Even as Lars gestured towards the hologram, Piet paid it no mind as he distinctly registered the lecture, choosing instead to focus on the right arm making all sorts of movements and gestures as fluid as any organic hand. He nearly missed it when his calm buzzed in his pocket, and discreetly checking the screen he noticed that he'd received a message from one Sergeant Hex, with the subject line, Permission Request for a Plan Re Lars. Raising an eyebrow and glancing toward the man, he saw that the trooper had shifted minutely and was looking at Piet from the barest corner of his eye, offering an imperceptible nod when their eyes met before going back to typing on his holopad. Pursing his lips, Piet resolved to check the message later, and slid his comm back into his pocket, returning his attention to the impromptu presentation Lars was giving and his train of thought connected to it. Specifically, the prosthesis. 
something told him that that prosthesis was not just a prosthesis. Now perhaps this might be because Piet had spent either quite a lot of time in the Navy and quite a lot of time acting under Lord Vader's command, but he dared say that that prosthesis held a statement that was more than just the technological marvel that it was. If the sheer detail, thought, and ardent care that had been poured into the design that was currently resting on Lars's arm said anything at all, it said to Piet that the young man, by accident or deliberation, had found one of the greatest treasures of all, to be loved to the point of invention. A grand statement to be sure, but one that Piet, as he watched Lars perform increasingly complicated movements with his hands in order to convey equally increasingly complex mechanical concepts, had little doubt of. It spoke a testament to how thoroughly odd Piet's life had become these last few weeks that he would consider such a statement fact, and not insane speculation, but then... He smiled as Lars made another sweeping gesture with his prosthetic hand, beaming wide and jubilant as he explained the spat he and Lord Vader had had concerning the wiring within his arm. Affection for the black specter of death clear in every word and movement, not a trace of fear to be found, as he recounted bickering with the terror of the galaxy over his methods of engineering. But then perhaps he found that he didn't mind in the slightest. Perhaps he would be able to live with just a bit more insanity if it meant getting to see this extraordinary event unfold. After all, it was only good form for an admiral to keep an eye on the officers on his ship, and it was even better form for Piet to keep an eye on his young friend. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Dockray, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.